Hello, and welcome to Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the starchy mess, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. Did you just call me the starchy mess? I did. It's one of the ones that I had written down for you for a while. That Is I that something used. from when we were talking about one of the Al's Ales? Yep. Nice. On this week's show, we're going to chat a bit about Justice League, review, emb- review embargoes, Disney's potential expansion, I'm going to give you the movie pass check-in. And finally, we'll dive into our film for the week, The Foreigner. But first, Al, what are we drinking? We are drinking a uh, Anthony Costanzo recommendation. Or rather, you selected this beer for us to do on the podcast. Uh, most of the time, it seems like I, I choose them. So Fair. I always enjoy when you're looking forward to a beer. So we have Dogfish Head, Flesh and Blood. I want you to tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> I am going to. Uh, I'm going to tell you what's on the can. I was trying to buy you time because I saw you looking at the can and it looked like you couldn't find words. <laughs> you, they were, the struggle on your face was real. <laughs> no, uh, what I realized was that I forgot to go grab the box earlier because I feel like there's definitely more on the box. Mm. And I want to read that too. Fair. I was realizing how little there was on the can. Gotcha. Um, so I will read the can. Then let's take a sip. And then... <laughs> I will go and run into the other room and grab the box. Okay, sounds good. And probably make a ton of noise. So, <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm pretty sure the box is filled with empty cans right now, mm. and there's almost 100% chance I dropped some of those cans on accident. <laughs> good lord. <laughs> it's a mess. So this is a well-hopped IPA powering through. Uh, this is a well-hopped IPA brewed with orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. Lemon Hence flesh. flesh and blood. It is an IPA. Let's take a sip now. Cheers. I clinked the microphone again because I didn't have something else to make it clink. You have the cap. You know what? As a matter of fact, I don't know where I put the can. And I don't know how it could have disappeared. It's not here. Oh, what? Here we go. Right? It's still too, it's very thuddy. It's not, it doesn't clang enough. And yet still better than nothing. Yeah, I'll take it. So I was uh, I was smart and I uh, I closed up the box so okay. that I do not drop the cans. Fair. Seems like a good move. Uh, so anyway, there's a um, pretty decent amount of uh, info on this box, which I like. So, flesh and blood IPA. It's best served in an IPA glass, which. I don't have a good, good IPA glass, unfortunately. It's one thing I'm missing from my uh, my hardware here. Glassware, if you will. What does an IPA glass look like? Because I have one that claims it's an IPA glass, and it looks real funky. Yeah, it is a little bit of a funky glass. It's almost, like, chalice-like. Does it have ridges at the bottom? Um, I think they can. I don't know Mine has ridges do. at the bottom. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's, like, narrow at the bottom, and then it opens into, like, a bell glass yeah. shape. okay. And that narrows again at the top. But I guess I got one of those. Similar, it's similar to a tulip glass, but instead of having a stem at the bottom, it has like a open base. Mm. Uh, so anyway, just a few notes. Its appearance is deep reddish orange with a white head. The aroma is intense notes of citrus, orange, tropical fruits, and lemon. Flavors: citrus and lemon and orange, really. <laughs> Flavors are citrus, slightly tart. Slightly pithy. (laughs) (laughs) 
With juicy orange and lemon. Gotta love those juicy oranges. The food pairings. I like Dogfish Head's always on the front end of this. I think we might have discussed that in a previous episode on their food pairings. Yeah. Uh, jerk chicken. Mm-hmm. Ceviche. And... <laughs> Pineapple <cake>. upside down cake. <laughs> <laughs> no, aged cheddar, actually. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I think their website's more up to date than the box. The website oh, says be. jerk chicken, ceviche, and pineapple upside down cake. Very specific. <laughs> wow, okay. The Jeez. ingredients. Can I read it? <laughs> <laughs> the ingredients in our recipes come from the earth. <laughs> oh, I broke Anthony again. Uh, that's good. For those of you who aren't aware, at least I don't feel filthy just, like I did last just, week. <laughs> Just tune into the last ten minutes of our episode on it, uh, where I broke Anthony for good. Uh, uh. Move on. The, <laughs> the ingredients in our recipes come from the earth in the oven. They come from interfering and letting be. I feel like those are diametrically opposite. <laughs> You're doing too much. <laughs> Pop up. <laughs> we use local and natural ingredients wherever possible. And our, I didn't know they had a lot of blood oranges in Delaware. And our recipes are blissfully inefficient. You know, I used to really like how they were quirky, but now they're starting to piss me off a little bit. <laughs> we, pay, <laughs> we pay premium prices for grains, herbs, spices, and fruits. For us, brewing is not about automation, but passion and imagination. We wrap our hands around our work because we're proud to make something with our own hands. We hope you enjoy drinking Dogfish Head craft brewed ales as much as we enjoy making them. <laughs> nice. They yeah. call this an honest-to-goodness India pale ale brewed with a bevy of real citrus, including orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. I gotta say, like, I I picked this one because I, I like their quirky beers. Um, there's there's this one. I don't know if we did the... There's the sea salt. The sea salt ale? Is that what it's called? They, they have one that's like a sour. That... Um, the, I think we discussed that, but we didn't do. We it. haven't. We haven't done it. Yeah, but uh, if you if you remember back when we did our three part um, beer list, I had a blood orange IPA on that list. Um, that is part of the reason I was excited about this one when I saw it in the store. I remember talking about that because I've had one or two, and I found them to be way too bitter. And this is much more tame in that they actually let some of the sweetness of the fruit right into it, which helps t- taper off how like unbearably bitter the couple of them that i've had are Mm -hmm. this is like the perfect balance of sweet and bitter yeah i i I like this one a lot i would even go so far as to say it's juicy Hmm. like you can taste the actual fruit juice component without it tasting like a beer cocktail like a shandy the the way you took that sip after you said i would go as far as to say that it's juicy and then you took another sip of it and you like you slowly looked at it, and then you turned towards me, and I expected you to say, "Do you concur?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was like, I realized, like, because like I have the lights on down here in the basement, but it's mm. not super bright. And I was, as I was taking the sip and looking at it, remembering that I had it in the glass, I realized that they commented on its like dark reddish color, and I wanted to admire the dark reddish color. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, if you're a fan of blood orange. Um, or Dogfish Head, give this one a try if you haven't. I am, I'm a fan. Yeah, very solid beer. I enjoy it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Shout Thank you. Well, I see, every once in a while. Every once in a while, I'm just going to come in hot. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have a good one. Um, so let's let's hop into some of our early stories for this uh, for this week. I want to talk a little bit about review embargoes. Um, this came out of an article that I was reading a little bit earlier today about Justice League, which will tie into our second our second topic as uh, as we go on. But so review embargoes there. It's like when you're not able to uh, release a review of something until a certain time, right? So like. Yeah, because they usually have advanced screening for right. critics and stuff like that, but they put an embargo, let them write up their shit, but they're not allowed to actually release it until a certain date. Exactly. So the there's this uh, in this article. Uh, I'm reading it on on Mashable. I don't know where it was if it was originally from there or from somewhere else. Um, but they it was like a it, there's, there's this graph of this correlation of. Um, the amount of time that something it has under the embargo to its release date and it receiving a above or below fresh score, a fresh or rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's like the the list they give is, it, you know, it's it's pretty obvious <laughs> that it's there. And they're uh, what they what they were establishing is that under under two days, something if something has a review embargo that is two days or less ends up generally having a rotten score and the embargo for <laughs> justice league is a mere 16 hours and 10 minutes <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh that raises some concerns if you know if, if it's true um i mean and you can't you know it's not it's not going to be like an exact it's not exact math obviously it's just uh they're just they're looking at a trend here and, um, yeah. There's always going to be exceptions to sure. those sorts of rules. Sure. For example, um, on the scale that they're showing, Spider-Man: Homecoming uh, had an eight-day embargo, and Guardians of the Galaxy two had a ten-day embargo, and they're both under fresh. So, what this tells me is that those people were wrong <laughs> because those movies rocked. <laughs> but yeah. moving on, <laughs> especially Spider-Man. Yeah, really enjoy that. Uh, that's upsetting. But if you so basically what they did is uh, let me see, uh, twenty seven of the year's biggest releases and the uh, the days of their embargo and then um, like whether or not it is fresh and it starts up top with War of the Planet of the Apes seventeen day embargo, um, and quite quite fresh. <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Wonder Woman at thirteen days fresh. Beauty and the Beast, uh, 13 Days Fresh, Logan, 13 Days Fresh, Alien Covenant, uh, 11 Days on the line, just just fresh, and then Guardians and Homecoming drop below. Uh, then we see, um, oh, I'm, I'm surprised sorry. surprised Alien Covenant was on the line. I thought that was going to be way below. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. This is my mistake. I read that wrong. Those those movies were fresh. I read the chart wrong. We're good. They they were, they were it's the, uh, the bar, it's, it's odd the way the chart is laid out, but anyway. Those I, I was wrong. Those were fresh, so they're not wrong. G- good on you, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. But we have a. Uh, then we start getting into um, the territory where things get rotten, and uh, we've got what do we have here? Pirates of the Caribbean, three days, ten hours, rotten. Um, and we have Baywatch, two days, eighteen hours, rotten. And then everything else below that is basically two days plus hours. And less, and they've all—they're all on the rotten scale. Um, yeah, and one of the one of the movies there is uh, the Mummy, which I didn't see, but uh, Kim took her dad for Father's Day, and 
and uh, her brother went too, and the three of them recapped the movie for me afterwards. And like the way they were talking about it with such like excitement, it, they were so excited to tell me how bad it was, <laughs> which made me want yeah, to I see remember, it more. I remember, um, I remember Kim's brother saying during uh, the wedding weekend, like just talking about the whole experience, like like you said, the excitement about telling how bad the movie was, just the whole situation with with uh, his, like his dad, like how, yeah. how excited he was to go see it, like just that whole situation <laughs> was ridiculous. It's absurd. But uh, if you get, if you go all the way down, down to the bottom, uh, trying to get closer to this 16 hours of uh, embargo time for Justice League, and the close things that we have are Ghost in a Shell, 21 hours, uh, rotten. The Dark Tower, 20 hours, rotten. The Space Between Us, 19 hours, rotten. The Emoji Movie, 4 hours, <laughs> rotten. Why did that even have an embargo? <laughs> Transformers, The Last Night, 0 oh, hours, no. <laughs> rotten. <laughs> Could have told you that one up front. <laughs> yeah. But the, which funny, so um, I don't know how you I, feel about I that. The giant mechanical asshole under the ocean should have given it all away. What, say that again? So the giant mechanical ocean, uh, asshole under the ocean mm, should have mm, given it all away. Fair, fair. Uh, I'm just, I, I, I want to, I think that's something that we should check in on and see if we can get the embargo times for our movies going forward. I got this information late, so I didn't look up the one for the movie that we're going to be doing later. But I'm cu- very curious about how it corresponds to what how we feel about the movie as well. Because that'd be a fun yeah, thing to check good, in on. That's a good point. I mean, this kind of piggybacks on the whole situation with like, was it The Rock who came out? And, it was The Rock came out and said with Baywatch that Rotten Tomatoes killed that movie. Hmm. That You didn't hear about that? That was like a whole big deal when that movie came out. No, like, I didn't. When the box office sucked, when the reviews came out and sucked, like, he, they... He, they, he blamed the the box office numbers being so low on the fact that Rotten Tomatoes crushed it. Mm. And he's not been the only person in the first one, but he's just been, like, the loudest sure. and the most strident in the way that he, like, discussed that. Like, basically said, this is a good movie. All you people who didn't show up to see the movie did it on faulty information, and that faulty information is aggregated by Rotten Tomatoes. So, transitive property, Rotten Tomatoes killed Baywatch. All right, I think we're going to have to do a follow-up episode where we're going to watch Baywatch and we're going to discuss. <laughs> I mean, I heard I heard mostly not good things from sources that I trust. <laughs> we should, it'll be a really short episode. We'll drink a beer, right? We'll talk about the beer, and we'll say whether or not this is true for us. And then that's it. <laughs> no other information about the movie. We won't get too deep into it. Just is, Does this work? No? All right, moving on. Hello, and welcome to Booze in a Baywatch. <laughs> Nice. Beer wouldn't do the trick for us. We're just drinking whiskey, a lot of whiskey, while watching this god awful All the whiskey, <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Um. So anyway, so the, the, what this brings me to is, uh, there was actually another article that I was reading about uh, Justice League because you know it's coming. It's it's soon. It's like what is it next week? The week after? It's um, it's close. Sure, why not? Let's and um, I'm not I'm not paying. I wasn't paying too much attention to it. It just it came up in my newsfeed a few like a few stories in a row about it. So I decided to jump in uh, because I'm I'm just keeping my distance from it. I don't want to get excited. I want to get excited because Batman and and me. But at, at the same time, you know they've they've burned me one too many times. See, it's funny that you say that because 
you've been trying to pull me back into this franchise. Like, I'm yeah. the one, like, trying to hold it at arm's length this whole time, and you're like, no, 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 let's watch the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman. It's so much better. No, no, like, it's not that bad, like... Uh, it, it was better. But here's the thing. <laughs> but They've now raised the bar the too high. The bar's I'm too so high. close to giving up, and Wonder Woman actually was what pulled me back in. Right. And after you enjoying Wonder Woman... I would have expected you to be excited for this, not looking at it. You were actually looking at this movie with more trepidation than I am. Yeah, so after seeing Wonder Woman and, and like, that being the just so good, <laughs> my my main concern is, oh, no. <laughs> now they have this high bar that they're just not going to reach. Well, see, the thing is, and I guess that's probably why you're looking at it with fear and I'm not, is because I'm not expecting it to be as good as Wonder Woman. Because right. I know there's, like, 0.001% chance it is. Because it's built on a faulty premise, this whole thing of building around this that they fucked up their world building of and the two movies that was doing the world building. The only good movie of the four or five whatever DC movies is made was Wonder Woman. It's because it mostly stands outside of the continuation of the series. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. not dragged down by all this crap. Zack Snyder had minimal, I think, influence on the movie as opposed to this one. And then that's, that's just the whole premise of this movie. When you take into the fact, and again, this is beyond their control, we discussed it briefly in the past, but you take into the fact that Zack Snyder had to leave this movie halfway through being made and having Joss Whedon come in, and Joss Whedon made good movies. He did a good job with the Avengers. Like, there's yeah. nothing on him. It's just, it's going to be a Frankenstein of a fucking movie, and that's why they stripped it down to, like, was it, like, less than two-hour runtime? Like, yeah, it's real, it's real short from what I've heard. And I don't know, maybe that'll make it better. Maybe they'll strip it down, but I, I just imagine that if you leave it completely devoid of anything, it's just going to be a bunch of action scenes, which could be cool if they do them good. We've already talked about, I'm on the record of being pretty strong about this. It seemed like you mostly agreed with me, but not as strongly as I did about how these action scenes just get to the point where it's 100% CGI and it pulls you out of the immersion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh... Well, we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. Because the the follow up story that was interesting to me um, was like there's a report from the Wall Street Journal having uh, done previews of the film, and the audience scores are close to what they were for Wonder Woman. Okay, I mean I've heard they've done some super advanced screening on this movie. So the couple of people that I've seen on Twitter that there's a couple of people I, I follow on Twitter that are tied into this sort of stuff. Um, this guy, Umberto Gonzalez, I've been following for like a few years now after it was one of the final big, we've talked about the death of Grantland on this path on, on this, uh, yeah. show before. Um, he, that they were the one who exposed me to his work. He does a really good job of tracking this stuff. down. he works with the rap. He worked with, he has his own site, heroic Hollywood. There's a bunch of other stuff that he's done. He is as plugged in as anyone into these, these things, especially with, these big blockbuster movies, but just Hollywood in general. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved it, but he's also an avowed Batman and DC Homer. Like, sure, that's his wheelhouse. Um, so he like he loved Batman for Superman. I don't, I hate that movie. So, <laughs> right. Uh, well, we're we're obviously going to see it, and we're going to do it an episode on it. It's true, it's- but that's like that's like we're walking along like the edge of a knife and that's yeah. gonna be what decides it for us i think going forward probably and not just us it's gonna decide for dc like you've already seen rumblings that 
even though they announced Flashpoint as being the Flash movie that they're doing, like, they may not go ahead with that story if this movie tanks. Fair. So the only thing that we're guaranteed, I mean, we just saw news this week, Zachary Levi is cast in Shazam. They have the Black Adam movie on on tap to be coming out eventually. The Rock is cast as Black Adam. They've already been shooting Aquaman. They're not going to not make that movie. Right. But Aquaman may really be the last thing we get of this universe, if only because it's, like, mostly done being made. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see what happens with it. Um, I I want to be optimistic after seeing Wonder Woman, but I'm just not. And uh, we'll 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 see what happens. I There's mean, no I, reason to be. They've got it wrong more often than they've got it right. And just because right. they got it right once, if Patty Jenkins was making <laughs> Fair. I would be excited for it because she right. did a great job. That is Wonder that is true. I, I would be on board with that right away. I am very curious. What I'm, I want to know. Like watching, I'm excited to see this movie and then try to dissect it a little bit and see if you could, if you could see the parts of like Snyder and Whedon, like just like if it's going to be abrupt. You want to see the scenes? Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious if like if we will. I mean, I, I have to, I have to assume we will with their styles being so different from each other. Yes and no. I mean, it's going to be hard to tell because this whole series of movies has the fingerprints of Snyder's movie making. Even Wonder Woman, which is the one that had the least in him involved in, still has a fucking lot guitar. of the stylistically and visually <laughs> seems what? That's that fucking guitar. <laughs> you hate that. That doesn't bother me. I don't know. Uh, can't stand it. <laughs> movie making itself yeah. is less him. It's just visually and thematically similarities because it has to be similar. Although they're if they're going to have any chance of surviving, they're going to have to start doing what Marvel's been doing, allowing the individual properties to tie in but still have their own voice, which is early right. of what I'm hearing about for Ragnarok, which we'll be doing soon. Um, that's what I'm hearing about this movie. Is mm-hmm. it feels like it's tied to this universe, but it's very much its own movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So, moving on to our next item, you had uh, you had dropped a little nugget earlier today when you met, told me about Disney's potential expansion, and I had not heard of this new story at all. So, I'd like you to take this one away. Sure. So, it's funny. This is, I guess, me, as me and Anthony were discussing this before the show. Um, We've, I'm experiencing this similarly to the way that the Walking Dead lawsuit news that we discussed on a couple of different episodes went, where this should be a really, really big news story, and it is to a certain extent, but it should be having big viral buzz. Like Everyone should be talking about it. It should be like leading like nighttime news, and it should be leading, not that anyone watches that anymore, really, but it should be leading, like it should be all over Facebook, Twitter, etc., and I kind of just happened to stumble on it. Again, this is kind of like, tied to like the whole Umberto Gonzalez thing. Like he was the first, like he made a comment on Twitter and I was like, I don't know what that means. And then like an hour later I saw this story and I was like, Oh, that's what that means. Basically he said something along the lines of a couple years from now, like he put it like as like a, almost a rhetorical question, like a few years from now, X-Men and Fantastic Four in the Marvel universe, like question mark. Right. And I was like, but how are they going to like strike some sort of deal like they did with Sony for Spider-Man? And then like an hour or two later, all of a sudden I'm seeing this story, which again, should have been way bigger, and I just, I, I stumbled on it, that 
Disney is attempting to purchase 21st Century Fox. Or the majority of the movie and TV aspects of Fox. Big Fox is owned by uh, News Corp, and that's a huge conglomerate. But the, mm-hmm. specifically the, the studios, 21st right. Century Fox, um, they would leave the majority of it to Disney. Um, so it would leave behind basically all the news and sports stuff um, on its own. So uh, I'll try and paraphrase this. It was a CNBC article. It's article all over the place, but I just this is like the best, like cleanest version of this I can find. Um, they've been taking place over the last few weeks, maybe even the last few months. That seems to be up for some to, some debate, kind of off again, on again talks. But the way it's going, it seems like it's pretty likely that this will happen. Maybe not soon, but in the next year, two years. Like it seems pretty eminent. Uh, I guess supposedly they're not talking right now, but like it's one of those things where every couple of weeks they kind of check in. I think. Were you saying huh. something? No, no, no. That's that's interesting. So uh, it seems in part that this is because uh, I don't know if you've seen like Disney announced a few months ago the whole like they're doing that standalone streaming service, right? With all their right. own properties, and they're going to pull all their movies and a lot of their TV shows from Netflix, with the exception of the Marvel shows because that's co-developed with Netflix. Netflix is so intrinsically linked to it, so all the Defender shows would under that plan, still stick with Netflix. Interesting. But everything else, like you wouldn't be able to go turn on the Avengers on Netflix, that or the Lion King or anything. Those would all be pulled back. Star Wars would all be pulled back from Netflix to the standalone Disney streaming service, which I forget the name of. Um, so, and also supposedly the way that the current business landscape lasts, Fox's movie and TV making is struggling. Um, not like they have good IP, but they don't have the infrastructure to continue on successfully, and that's why they're looking to get out from underneath this. Mm-hmm. So this would, if that deal would go down, then they would re-enter the fold. They would have X Men and the Fantastic Four rights would revert back to Marvel, which Marvel Disney has been trying to work at for so long, right? Right. They started doing it with Spider Man, Sony's holding on to the bitter end, it seems. Um, and it's working for them now, They mostly because they let Disney actually do the work on it. <laughs> All right. Um, but it's weird that the, 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 I mean, this is going with Fox with the X-Men stuff because they've, they've essentially killed Fantastic Four because of the whole Trank nightmare with that Fantastic Four reboot movie. Yeah. But um, there's like a, now there's like, what, two or three... Um, X-Men shows on TV. The Gifted just started. Right. Le- um, Legion? Re- earlier this year, there was Legion. Mm-hmm. And there's another one that's coming out, I think. Oh, yeah. What is that one? Uh, I feel like I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Um, yeah, I'm forgetting as well. It's... But anyway, this is a really big... It is. If this goes down, this is a really, so, really big... Like there's, there's a couple things. Uh, change to the movie and TV version. Yeah, like, so, I mean, you've got, there's a couple of interesting things behind it, like, where, you know, our interests, our, yours and mine, like, our immediate interests lie in, like, the, the Marvel properties and, and that, that going to Disney so that they could do what they want with them. Um, part of me doesn't care so much about that, because I don't really, it's just, like, just, just stop with those. Maybe, maybe you'll revive them 10 years down the road. Just, you gotta let them go for now. <laughs> They're tainted. But... The streaming thing is interesting to me because um, Disney on its own 
like sure it has some big hits right like you know you have your classic disney movies you have which you know or some other version of the vault where you can now watch all these maybe they'll have all the classic animated films on the streaming service i imagine they would at some point um you'll have star wars you'll have the, the marvel movies like you'll have you'll have these big things but it doesn't like netflix is so cool and it's like it just everything like there's there's so much about it and like all their original content is is so is so very Netflix like in the same way that like um, like Marvel movies are very Marvel right now like they they have like a, a certain vibe to them and yeah they don't have like the, I haven't seen uh, a competitor like Amazon Prime's video service doesn't really compete for me uh, for, like personally with like the content that's on there like I don't really I don't find myself signing into uh, at Prime and watching videos here, like or or movies or TV shows, but I'm on Netflix all the time. I don't I don't even watch regular television or network TV anymore. Like I'll I'll watch AMC for The Walking Dead, which needs to stop. But that's a different th- topic. But <laughs> um, but the uh, but I I mean I'm constantly like I'll pop in Netflix and I'll throw a series on in the background while I'm doing something. Now I used to like you know tune into TBS and just have whatever's on as a you know, as noise in the background, but I use Netflix for that now. And I, it'd be interesting to see what it means for, um, for like an actual competitor in the streaming service against them. Cause I don't, I don't find like, I don't find Hulu to be one. I don't find Amazon to be one. Like it just, they, Netflix has something special right now. Well, see, that's the thing is it seems that a lot of people are saying that Hulu is becoming a true rival, but people are saying that, because I don't, I don't have Hulu and I don't have Amazon Prime. I have Netflix. I love Netflix. I'm similar to you. I, there's a whole bunch of shows I watch on Netflix. I don't, yeah, I don't even catch, catch, catch movies on there very often, but a lot of TV for me on Netflix. Yeah, that's the uh, key for me with Netflix is the TV. Like they have some, you know, their their original shows are fantastic and. Um, like, you know, the occasional movie that I'll throw on or like a, an, a show that I used to watch that, you know, that's backlogged there that I can watch. But like what what I'm curious about is how well this other one will, would do as a streaming service, because for, for me, like when it comes to like Disney movies or Marvel and all that stuff, like I own these things. I don't need a streaming service for them. And I'm going to continue yeah. to buy them because I'm a collector. Like, that's why I have yeah. those things. Um, so it won't it probably well, won't and that's, have the same that's the other thing is. Well, in order to do this, in order to make this, I mean, Disney is always going to be, quote unquote, mostly geared towards children. But if to make this worthwhile endeavor, they're going to have to continue or vastly expand in the way that Netflix has been the last couple of years on their own original content that's geared to adults. Otherwise, I don't see how this makes sense. Yeah. Which it won't be, quote unquote, Disney shows right it'll be abc shows or in this case fox shows you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i'd be curious to see where it goes yeah. but i thought it was kind of a, considering what we do here on the show it maybe doesn't mean a lot to us right now but in a year or two whenever they announce how this all shakes out um it seems like it'll have a pretty important like part to play in what we enjoy watching yeah well, we'll be uh, definitely a story that we'll be following, and I'm sure there'll be many more conversations to come about us. Uh, I would like to move on to our movie for the week. Wait, before- wait, no. What? I thought you had one more news story before we get <laughs> to the movie. It's it's related. 
<laughs> to, the, to the movie for the week. Our check-in on Movie Pass. It still works. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I meant the thing that I had that I added last. Oh week. yeah! Oh my God! Yes, please. Oh uh, well, before you do that, I you know the right there. Movie Pass still works. <laughs> go, go on. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm not convinced. I actually, learned something new. I was curious because. I uh, when I when I went to to buy tickets for the movie, I you know I went and I bought my ticket. And I was like, you have to activate, you have to activate it within like a thirty minute window to buying the ticket on the on the kiosk. So you have to get, go into the Movie Pass app, click the time that you want, activate it, and then you can swipe your card. And the swipe the card works for thirty minutes after after that for one you know for the one time use. Um, what I was curious about was, I'm not always going to be able to like, I'm not going to be able to use this thing if like the movie's like out. Like now, like brand new, and I'm trying to go to the theater within a, a you know a reasonable amount of time before to, just to buy a ticket. Then, especially with the theaters near me with the assigned seats, you have to buy your tickets in advance. Um, I can't do that online. I'm okay with making the extra trip to the theater, but I wasn't sure how could I could buy a ticket for a time that is not today because the way that their app is laid out, it's just the times of the movies that are that are playing on this day. So I was I, I figured it out. You can do it. It seems I haven't I haven't tried it yet, and I guess this will be another thing. I will try. I'll I'll use it to buy some ticket at some point in the future and see if it works. But there's like an option like way way down that was like way too far for me to even realize that that like that it was a thing where it's like don't see your movie, click here and activate your card for one hour. <laughs> I don't know why I don't just do that all the time. Like that just seems easier to me. <laughs> so I'll I'll have to try that next time. But I think that is how I would buy tickets to something that's like you know next week or um the theater near me does some pretty awesome stuff on wednesdays they'll usually you know they'll play something retro uh a while back kim and i went to see clue we saw ghostbusters like it, it, it's pretty cool so hopefully okay. i could use it for that as well but uh as of now as of right now my movie pass still works and i'm robbing somebody <laughs> i'm not sure if it's... <laughs> i think i'm robbing movie pass it's not clear <laughs> Someone's losing something. Right. <laughs> All right, so now that we have our obligatory um, movie pass update, we're going to take you through a fun <laughs> little interaction that I had on Twitter last week. It was so good. Anthony is already aware of this because as soon as it was all done happening, I let him know because... Screenshots. I got screenshot I just, after screenshot. <laughs> yeah, I sent you three screenshots. I was laughing like an idiot for almost half an hour because it was so ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe it won't be as funny for the audience. I, I sent it to you. I sent it to Vicky, who's a friend of the podcast. I sent it to my brother Dominic. I showed it to my brother Dominic, and they all thought it was funny. So I'm assuming that means everyone thinks it's funny. <laughs> so we've discussed at the outset of our show, like the very first episode, we went to see Rogue One. That there was a podcast that I listened to, that I sent to Anthony, he listened to, Amin El Hassan, who works for ESPN, and Freddie Prince Jr., who is the voice of the lead character on Star Wars Rebels. Both of them are huge Star Wars fans. They happened to become friends talking about this because Amin's a big Star Wars fan. Freddie does this. They're both Disney employees. And... Both of them went to like the early, early premieres of Rogue One. I guess they like kind of ran. They've been like chatting on Twitter. They met each other. They decided we're going to do this podcast, uh, kind of a quote unquote before and after of Rogue One. Like they did a two parter, like 
for them having seen the movie, but talking completely spoiler-free for anyone who wasn't able to see the movie yet because it wasn't actually out, and then after it came out, talking about it full spoilers the way we do here. So the way I became familiar with Amin Hassan originally was he's been on the Dan Levitard show a decent amount, and he comes on once every month or two, and he's funny. He does. He's like kind of part of what they do in the show. The show has got kind of its own culture, its own like kind of family of like people who mm-hmm. come on pretty frequently, including like celebrity guests, like who like just phone in like occasionally, like just recurring people, and it's the randomest cast of characters. <laughs> like I think tomorrow Pat Sajak's gonna guest host with them from awesome. LA. Awesome. <laughs> like like why the fuck is Pat Sajak like rest in peace, um, Adam West? would often call into the show. Uh, um, again, yeah, I, yeah, you was that the same episode or something else that you shared with me? There was an episode where Pat Sajak was guest hosting with them and they got Adam West on because they thought Pat Sajak and Adam West were friends and they are kind of <laughs> friends and for some reason the previous time that Pat Sajak hosted, he thought they thought that he always wanted Adam West on when he was on and he's like, why the fuck are you bringing on Adam West again? Oh my God. And that was one of the most awkward like interview things ever. So there's also this whole thing with this, like, this Joe curse where a bunch of famous guests who were recurring guests all died in the past year or two. Oh, God. Adam, Adam West, understandable. He's 90 years old. Um, Bill Paxton died a week or so after the last time he was on the show. Um, Jeez. Fuck, what the hell is his name? The, there's that actor. He's Canadian um, who died last year. Um, he was on all the time of the show. He was on the, the one show in the 90s. Shit, Growing Things. The, the dad. Oh, Thick. Alan Thick. Alan Thick. Yeah. He was like, like he was literally a part of the family of the show. Like he was on at least once a month, sometimes more often. Like oh, wow. people still were legitimately friends with him, even though none of them had ever met him. <laughs> like the show was shook. Like they were like he like died over like the weekend. He had spoken with them wow. on Friday. That's he crazy. died like Saturday or Sunday, and like Monday they were all like crying on the show basically. Like, so there's a whole this whole thing. So it means part of that group. And I, I saw him on last week on the Levitard show. It was the first time he'd been on in a long time. And I was watching the show, and they were making fun of him because he used to have, like, a goatee. He shaved the goatee and just had the mustache. They were saying he looked like Lou Bega. So they were just calling him Lou all, all <laughs> show. They kept playing number five, like, whenever he would speak, just to fuck with him. Awesome. <laughs> they had someone else call in who's, like, another part of this. Like He's, like, one of, like, the, during the football season's weekly. And um, Dan got kicked out of the show because they just do that to each other, uh, <laughs> even though it's his show. Is that name on it? So it was the day after Amin was on the show. He's sitting down, and the guy comes in. He's like, oh, um, Lou, it's good to see you. And he's like, shook it off, whatever. He goes, yeah, tell me you know, uh, who's your top player that you hadn't heard about. And he goes, oh, I thought you were going to ask me about the one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so anyway, I, t- I tweeted Amin while he was on the show. I was like, hey, love seeing you back on the show, Lou. But we're really waiting to see what, and I tagged Freddie Prince, uh, what you and Freddie Prince do for your episode 8 podcast. So like an hour later, I get a tweet back from Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> saying, Teens, teen Star Trek? Question mark? <laughs> So I'm like, all right, so like Freddy's in a mood. 
Not that me and Freddie go way back, because we don't. It's just like, like he's in this. Oh, that's classic Freddie. <laughs> yeah, classic Freddie. Um, and I, we kind of like beat around the bush on this a little bit. Like Anthony, up until this podcast, I guess, wasn't a big fan of Freddie Prince. No, I had mostly no. been... What'd you say? Nah, no, I wasn't. <laughs> but after that podcast, I was, absolutely. <laughs> and, th- and if you were even on the fence then, I think this sealed the deal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, the other thing is, like, I had not really been, I had not felt strongly one way or the other about him, but I did become a pretty big fan of him in the past few years because he voiced two main characters for two different Bioware games, which are, like, my favorite games ever. In, he was a, one of the main characters in Mass Effect 3 and one of the main characters in Dragon Age Inquisition. Just a little bit of backstory there. So I said, don't mess with my head, man. The last Jedi excitement's getting real. So he messages me back. I know, man. Klingons are crazy, right? <laughs> God damn it. It's like physically <laughs> like, hurting you at this point. Yeah, yeah, no, like... So I was like, sorry. I was like, you're killing me here. And he goes, sorry, man. On the real, though, live long and prosper. And he sends me, <laughs> like, the Klingon, like, emoji. So his car I hit him Vulcan with some, like, emoji. serious... Uh, yeah, I hit him with some serious, like, <laughs> nerd shit, like, something super deep to, like, the mythology of the Dragon Age game that he voiced character, specific to his character. Um, I said, like, does, so the, something specific to Adam Magna Bob, because no one's gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> some, insert word here, level mind games, you win. And he hits me back with an ellipses, damn, didn't know you knew about that. I won't mess you with anymore. <laughs> and like, hashtag, like, may the force be with you. Said, so, you know, big fan of your bioworks. Bioware work, sir. Hit him back with the may the force be with you. And he hits me back with, like, a power fist saying, respect, nerd, respect. <laughs> so meanwhile, Amin has not said anything, and he's been tagging all these messages. So this is hours later, and Amin, like, messages the two of us, what the hell is going on in my mentions right now? <laughs> <laughs> almost exactly the same back thing back to him like the almost exact same time we're both like hey man sorry like, we, we kind of got carried away like we're all good like it's, it's fine <laughs> so it's i texted so anthony and like a couple people and i was like i just got trolled on twitter by freddie prince jr just, and everyone had basically the same response what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> just, just go follow al and take a look i um i had posted something nasty about um jake gyllenhaal at one <laughs> At one point, and he just he just he just liked it. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> it was just it was just something rude about about not liking him. <laughs> and it was just it's really funny when they get into it when the actors get Wait, into it. Wait, this is important though. Did you actually tag him, or did you just no. say Jake Joe? <laughs> no, I just said it. I didn't tag him, so he's definitely just searching for his name. <laughs> so he's searching for his name. Like that's a whole different thing. Like right, right. <laughs> <laughs> see like that's like super self-conscious like this was like i tagged freddie like i wanted him to see the tweet sure i just didn't expect him to just be bored on like a whatever thursday or friday morning and just start it was thursday morning and just start dragging me like in twitter like yeah. just like gets his coffee ready and he's like what does the internet have to say about freddie prince today <laughs> 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 oh man that is so great though yeah. so i hope you guys enjoy this <laughs> it was uh, too much the the tweets are I was reading them over the the back and forth is really funny. Um, <laughs> shall we get into the foreigner? Definitely. 
The Foreigner, 2017 release, 13th of October. A humble businessman with a buried past seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism. A cat-and-mouse conflict ensues with a government official whose past may hold clues to the killer's identities. That's from IMDb, as usual. I think I forgot to do that for It last week. Um, but you know what that movie's about. <laughs> also, it's nice to see. This one actually was pretty on the nose. Yep. Like, they actually got it right, whereas in a couple of those other episodes, we've been like, that basically wasn't what the movie was about at all. <laughs> yeah, you, you read the synopsis and you're like, well... <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, how, how did you feel about this movie? Well, let me uh, bring up a text message. A <laughs> couple of text messages I exchanged with my co-host yesterday. <laughs> I didn't which... realize you hadn't seen it at that point. <laughs> yep. So, so... I was asking him what beer we were going to do for this episode. I said, beer for tomorrow. He said, hmm, good question. Any thoughts? Have anything in mind that you hope will be good, but will more likely be bad? (laughs) And I got so mad. (laughs) You see right through me. I, and that was what I said. I said, "Why would you, all caps? Why would you set me up like this?" I heard the movie was good. I see through your deception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you didn't like this movie. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I don't. I don't think so. Here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't watch anything about this. I didn't read, even read. I didn't read the synopsis beforehand. I didn't. I don't actually think I saw a trailer. I was in the movie theater, and I saw a poster that said for- The Foreigner, and I saw Jackie Chan's name above it, and I went, oh, hell yes, <laughs> because I love me some Jackie Chan. <laughs> He's the best, and, like, so much so, like, years ago, like, I went on, like, a binge, and I just watched all of his old movies, it, like, especially ones that were, like, just super dubbed for the other actors, <laughs> like, real bad stuff, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Like, he's a master. He's so awesome. He's funny, the crazy-ass martial arts. The stories are never good. I don't really care about that. Um, <laughs> but the but, but it's Jackie Chan, right? And then you you know then you have like his later stuff, like you know, Rush Hour and um, what's that movie with Owen Wilson? Shanghai. Shanghai Noon and Nights. Like I I, I love that stuff because he's every, he's funny. He like he is hysterical, and those movies they're just a good time all around. Um, and then when you get into like when you when you're talking about his older movies and like the crazy action sequences like and the choreography, it's unreal and it's so much fun to watch. So when I see this poster, I thought, oh my god, it's a Jackie Chan movie. Oh, sorry, I almost knocked over the microphone there. Um, not the case. <laughs> okay, so maybe that is why I actually really like this movie. Okay, like not that like it was like an all timer or anything, but like. I genuinely enjoyed watching this movie. I will watch this movie again at oh. some point in the future. Okay. Whether it be one of those things that's like I throw on in the background while I'm doing something, or it's Saturday morning and I don't feel like doing anything and I'm going to eat my breakfast for three hours, like it'll be on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really liked this movie, but I knew what this movie was going in. I saw a trailer for it. Yeah. I assumed you had too, considering how excited you were to see it. I did not. I should have been clear. I was excited about Jackie Chan. No, I saw 
the trailer for it, and I was like, okay, he's doing his Liam Neeson turn. Like, yeah, show me what that looks like. So I was ready for it going in. Actually, it turned into like the story on this one was better than any of those taken type movies because there was genuine stakes and a genuine mystery to unravel, right? So sure. I like this. I, it was a solid movie. Hmm. I'm not, uh, you know, my my uh, disappointment aside, I didn't think the movie was that great um, overall. I thought there was a there was a really cool like there was an interesting mystery underneath. Like, um, there there was something very cool going on in the plot line, but the way that it's executed and the, like, the subplots and, like, there were cool storylines in there, but I feel like they never really followed through on all of that, like, on any of them from start to finish, and, like, it's just, like, all got tangled up together, and it's just, I don't know, it just didn't, it just didn't work for me. And on top of this, I was already upset <laughs> that this was a Jackie Chan movie, so I think it just left a bitter taste in my mouth. <laughs> so it's funny that you bring that up, because that's actually, it was, like, the last thing I put on here, it was something I felt in the minutes after I finished watching it. One of the reasons I liked this movie was actually kind of to what you said, where it's like, oh, there was these, like, it was a cool mystery, there was a cool story to it, but it didn't all work, per se, it wasn't perfect. No, this movie wasn't perfect. When I say that I enjoyed it, like, it's not a tremendous filmmaking sure. achievement, per se. It was just a good, solid movie in my mind, and part of what I think that was is that it was a middle-class movie, which basically doesn't exist anymore. That's like fair. the last that, ten years, you know what? That's that's a fair statement. Like in the last like ten years or so, we've basically been eradicating the middle class. We've been eradicating the middle class of everything. We're even talking about <laughs> politics. Like everyone exists on the edges. Talk about like the like the economy. Like everyone's rich or poor. There's like the middle class is like dissipating. It's the same thing with movies. It's following those same trends. I don't want to get into the politics and economy part of it. Yeah. Like everything is either. A super artsy, like indie, low budget Oscar bait type of movie, or it's Star Wars and Marvel. And I like a whole bunch of movies in both of those spectrums, but sometimes you just need something in the middle, something that's just good enough in the story, just big enough with all the action or the actors or whatever going on, just something that kind of checks all the boxes that will entertain you and you will enjoy, which maybe you want to focus on it because there's a lot going on. Or maybe it's going to be kind of dumb, but not, like, dumber than Michael Bay dumb. You know what I right. mean? Like, this movie is a throwback to that sort of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And that, that, you know, that is that is true in a lot of cases. It's the same thing with, like, with video games. Like, you have your, your AAAs, you have your indies, and, like, that, that middle ground kind of just fell out. Um, exactly. It's exactly the same in that industry as well. But yeah, and, and I, I probably, I honestly, I probably would have enjoyed the movie more, like I said, if I was not expecting a Jackie Chan movie. The the marketing material yeah, like on the wall. Into it a lot for you. What's up? It sounds like that's playing into it a lot for you. Oh Your yeah, absolutely. I I miss him. I miss him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's fantastic. Like I don't like. I, I saw the poster, like, Jackie Chan's in the movie, and I felt like a little kid again. Like, I'm going to see a Jackie Chan movie, and this is going to be amazing. So you, and, I saw that poster. I saw that poster, man. You should have realized, like, 
that poster was not a Jackie Chan poster. Jackie Chan's smiling on his posters, man. Nah, I mean, like, there's... I, I'm thinking, like, they were gonna do halfway in between, like, his older movies and something more modern, like, where he's, like, you know, crazy martial arts action-oriented, and then... Dude, look up, look up, like, I'm thinking of, like, like the six movies I can think of that are, like, Jackie Chan movies. The two Shanghai movies... The three no, Russia no, no. movies. No, no, those are then, those are the funny ones. Here's what I'm thinking though is is that it was going to be similar to like his older movies that were I've very. I've never seen any of his like oh, older, man. like the ones like in China. Like I've never oh my seen god, any. we gotta we gotta have a day <laughs> where we get into some of this stuff because it's awesome. <laughs> All I know is I've never seen Jackie Chan in promotional material where he wasn't smiling. Okay, in one of these movies. He's in a Zorb running down the side of a mountain. And I don't remember the context, but <laughs> it was great. <laughs> in Drunken Master, he's he's drunken-style fighting. I'm pretty sure he was drunk during the entire filming of that movie. And it's awesome. <laughs> I think that's the one that we need to watch and do a review on. Uh, I, but even, even if it's not the case, even if it's not a crazy over-the-top Jackie Chan movie, he's in like 20% of the movie. <laughs> Wait, in what? This movie. No, he's in way more than no, that. No, he's barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not true. I mean, there's listen, there's a lot going on away from him, but he's in plenty of the movie. And that's... He's he's not. And, he's, and that's, my, <laughs> that's my, my problem with, like, the uh, all the different storylines. There's, like, there's a lot of cool storylines going on. There's the storyline with Pierce Brosnan, who... Um, if you are like me and didn't see the trailer and only saw the poster, had no idea he was in this movie before I saw it. <laughs> so when he popped wow, up so on I, screen, again, I knew he was in this movie. When like, he popped I knew up on screen, pl- pleasant surprise though. I like him. He was on. The, I was like, oh, cool. He's in this. That's great. Um, he's the he's the lead. Uh, <laughs> and then and then there's then there's some other cool characters like his like Pierce Brosnan's nephew and. Uh, and his like right hand man who's in the show in the movie and like the this like little the terrorist organization that's going on. There's a lot of and the the British government, there's a lot of cool little stories here, and it almost seems like it could be a lot more fun if they expanded the idea a bit and did multiple movies that really focused in on any of these groups. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna have a slight disagreement with you. Okay. Jackie Chan is the lead of the movie, but it's basically an ensemble affair. I, I, I can't agree with that. He's not the lead. He <laughs> he's mar- he's the, the marketed movie, lead, but the lead is Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> uh, Whether or not he's credited 20th on IMDb. He's on screen more than him. What's that? So he probably did get more lines than Jackie, but he's not on screen more than him. There's a lot of silent Jackie doing things scenes in this movie you know not really i i gotta go back and watch it again i don't feel that way (laughs) yeah i mean there's scenes of him in the woods and there's scenes of him gathering supplies and there's scenes of him building stuff and if we're gonna keep talking about this part of this we should probably unveil the spoilers because okay Um, i want to say things just there were things that surprised me in this movie that he did that I thought it was cool as shit. So let's 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 take that the veil off. But before we do, I will say, um, it, it, you could watch it. You know, I would wait until it comes out or it's on TV. <laughs> I'm not saying go out of your way I mean, for it. That might be fair, and that's kind of what a middle class movie sure. should do, right? It should be something that 
shows up like, on like weeknight. FX on like Saturday at one PM. Yeah, even that. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, I liked the movie. Um, the veil is lifted, by the way. Go go nuts. The, the thing is, you said like it's like you know, oh wait like oh like I didn't. It's not an offensive like it should not be offensive to anyone's sensibilities. No. Unless you're North Irish and don't like the British government. Yeah, yeah, that could be something there. Um, <laughs> there, it's I had a so it's just right off the bat, uh, we're opening the movie up like legit. We're in spoiler territory here. So the movie opens up. You know, we meet Jack and Chan and his daughter, right? And then he takes her to get her dress for what assumes I assume to be some sort of prom or school dance before this first bomb goes off and blows up and and kills her, which is really what ropes him into this movie. Um, it was not clear to me for a very long time what they were intending to blow up. <laughs> I was a little confused by that too because why are you blowing up that well, clothing up store? Until... <laughs> what are you doing there, buddy? Yeah, it, like he, he like well, you know what it was like. You, I think you were actually supposed to be confused because if you remember from the conversation later when, when Liam Hennessy, Pierce Brosnan, when Liam finally ends the charade and shows you that he was actively, well, he was indirectly involved with this bombings. Mm -hmm. He said we were supposed to hit financial institutions and his counterpart, who was, I think, Hugh, Hugh McGraw. Yeah. Hugh's like, "Mm, your plan was shitty. We decided to just hit them, not hit them in their financials. So... Right, it was like supposed to not be violent and all that. But... Like so, they picked a they picked a spot that was mm, I couldn't get the parking spot in front of the bank, so I picked the clothing store next to it. Right. Yeah, I gotta say, like for for quite a bit after that, like after it happens, I'm just like, but why? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. It did seem it did seem contrived to me too until that conversation where it's like, oh, that's what's going on. You know what I mean? Then it all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was it was strange. Uh, so we, like as we're going through, oh, I mean, I might, I might be jumping ahead here. One thing that I did like is Jackie Chan as MacGyver. That was cool to me. As what? MacGyver, just making just making bombs out of random shit. See, it's funny that you said that because I also had a MacGyver note in here. Oh, nice. <laughs> I put down my explanation or my description of the character as one part Brian Miller from Taken, mm-hmm. one part Jackie Chan, and a dash of MacGyver. A dash of MacGyver. I like it. As if he's a cocktail. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. I was making a Jackie Chan. Cocktail. I love it. There, uh, I gotta say, there's, uh, you know the scene I'm talking about where he makes the bombs in the bathroom in uh, Pierce Brosnan's office. Excellent. I was like, what the shit is he doing? Yeah! Exactly. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, one, one. What's he doing? So this, this is where my, because my mind had time to wander in this movie. Um, So after he, so he's in the, he's in the room and he's doing something. That's like, okay, he's maybe he's making an acid of some kind. Oh, it's probably like a little bomb. And then that explosion goes off, and I'm like, good God, Jackie Chan, (laughs) what have you done? And I was like, he. Wasn't very careful with those ingredients. This is what this is what played back in my head afterwards. He wasn't very careful with those ingredients as he walked in the room. 
Uh, no. <laughs> just didn't seem to care at all. Uh, two, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I have to imagine, because at that point when that's happening, we don't know what his actual background is. We just think he owns a sure. Chinese restaurant. Um, sure. So I'm assuming well, the reason I'm so, okay. doing that they, and they, being careful with it is what? They don't tell you what his background is, but at this point, well, uh, me, me being the Jackie Chan fan. I know something's up. I just can't wait to find out what it is. <laughs> well, you know he's going to be some form of badass, but we don't right. specifically know that he was a special forces soldier trained by the U.S. in the Vietnam War. You know what I right. mean? Right, right. Um, but when he was first setting it up, I, I mean, I imagine the reason he was being careless with it is he knew that whatever substance he had, which they were unclear on what that substance was, was something that reacted chemically but not mechanically meaning that shaking it wouldn't activate it but fire would and that's why it exploded so mm-hmm. merrily when they had that match set up to it what merrily <laughs> um but uh well because like at that point like, before it actually expl- well before he set the match once he's set up the match book it's like okay something's gonna happen I'm not entirely sure what uh, I was. Also, I was wondering at first if, you know, if it was just one of those things that, like, the match was just going to be a timer, basically, for it, and that the bottles were going to fall and just create some sort of disturbance for him to do something, not blow up the office. Right. But when he's first setting it up, when he he pushed the picture towards Liam, talking about his wife and daughter, I wondered whether he might not be setting up some sort of bug thing, like by touching the back of the picture uh, frame. Interesting. Yeah. To listen in, because he, he kind of walks away without much of a struggle, right? I wondered whether he was setting this up so he could spy on him and hear if he immediately calls someone and says, Hey, get rid of this Chinaman. He's on to me. <coughs> or something like that. And then when he's setting up the bottles on the string, <coughs> sorry about that, before he lights the match, I wondered whether he was, like, setting up his own version of, like, the, the tin can that you listen to on the string. Right. <laughs> and then he puts the match. He's like, oh no, this is going to be something a little bit more substantial. I just didn't think it was going to be blow up an office building substantial. Right. Yeah, uh, which led to an, uh, another scene. Like, there's a handful of scenes in here that are, like, that are disturbing to a degree. Like, there's, I mean, obviously, when his daughter gets blown up in the beginning, they do that. They do the shots where the photographer is there who becomes important later. Um, and he's taking pictures of people. And it's, it is, I mean, especially today like having that like those scenes like it is very like it it is disturbing it's upsetting um yeah, the scene right and, and it's it's done it it's done well um and it's done in like and it, it kind of it really gets the point across but the movie like i i, I guess this part part of my confusion with the movie of like enjoying like is this supposed to be entertaining or like are they trying to get a point across or there's a lot going on here but uh then there's there's the scene when when he blows up the bathroom. Really awesome scene, right? Cool. He's like, oh, he's MacGyver in this thing. He blows up the bathroom. But then they show you the scene, like they show you the uh, the secretary, Pierce Brosnan's sec- secretary is in the room with him, and she's like, she's in shock after it happens, and like that's very realistic. Like you would be like, yeah. oh, like the room next door exploded. Like especially since she's the only person in that room currently who wasn't IRA affiliated. Right. So it's like, it's roller coaster of emotions. It's like, oh, awesome, MacGyver. Oh, 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 that's uncomfortable and unsettling. <laughs> oh, oh, cool, he's going to kick some ass. 
oh god, no, they're gonna try and blow up a plane. Like it's it was it was all over the place. Well, I think that's actually a valid criticism because I experienced that while I was watching that there is a couple of times where the tone isn't consistent. Yeah. There's, like a, there's some random like, funny parts too. Like this is kind of funny or this is badass action sequence or oh this is gritty and real and fucked up. You yeah. Know? Exactly. Those those are the three emotions that you flip between throughout this movie. Yes. And I think they mostly did a decent job of fading from one to the other. But not always. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I just... You know, as, as we were talking about that, I was just looking up. I realized that I had no idea who directed this movie. Interesting character here. Uh, the guy's name is Martin Campbell. Okay. And he has a history of working with Pierce Brosnan. Uh, did he, he direct Goldeneye? He sure did. He did. <laughs> I knew the name sounded familiar. It didn't sound familiar to me, but I just saw a picture of him with... Uh, yeah, he directed Goldeneye. Um, weirdly, that was the only Pierce Brosnan um, James Bond that he directed. But then he came back and did Casino Royale. Huh. Yeah, let's, let's pull this guy out. I had no idea. Yeah, let's see what else, what else did he direct. Yeah. He also did the train wreck of a movie that was The Green Lantern. Oh, no. <clears throat> Oh no! <laughs> Casino Royale and the Green Lantern. How did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's... Although I think Green Lantern was a studio fuck up. I don't think that was happening. That's probably fair. Vertical limit. But uh, I was wondering what you know what this guy's background was. That in some ways that whole tone thing and the fact that this was fairly dark in some cases, but still found a way to work in humor is kind of very British cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's from New Zealand. Although it seems like he's worked with. A fair amount of British actors and actresses and British types of productions, um, James Bond movies being some of them. Sure. Uh, did you have? How did you feel about Pierce Brosnan's Irish accent? I had a note about that too. What is what is your note? <laughs> I said, did Pierce lose his accent? Question mark. It, yes. He is Irish, right? <laughs> but it sounds like he's. He, it sounds like you or me trying to be Irish. <laughs> yeah, it's really confusing because, like, I always think of him as being British because he does Bond with a British sounding accent, and like there's no, other roles too. Mrs. Doubtfire, he's British. <laughs> yeah, like, and he's from Ireland, and he's playing an Irishman, and there was times where. It was feeding in and out. Yeah, like I, my my note says, why can't I take Pierce Brosnan's Irish accent seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be a little bit more forgiving to him because I, like Fair. it was it was okay at times, and, and like it's weird that like like it definitely is noticeable that it's kind of funky at times. But I actually thought it was a pretty solid performance out of him overall. Yeah. I, he was fine. I was I was okay with him. I I I've like him. I've never seen him in a dramatic role like that before. Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Uh, his character goes through some phases though. Like he's he's interesting. Then you're like you realize he has this background. You're curious about his background, but right now he's kind of a pussy. And then all of a sudden he's not anymore, and he just kills that guy. And I was like, what the fuck? Like what just happened? <laughs> well, you have to see that coming. It wasn't just that he killed him. It was the extent to which he returned to being the 
and this is one of those things where like he was mad and his accent was a bit of a struggle like the butcher of and then he said some word and I didn't know what that word was yeah um where he let the butcher out because he's in kneecapping territory right and executes him. that was cool though that was I mean because like he he was he was pretty good throughout this movie and like that was you see his like the transformation like he's where he is now but he's been through some stuff and like you're saying like he all that stuff comes back in that scene, and it it, it was a pretty cool scene. And like yeah. when he he becomes like in badass mode and gives his nephew his final orders. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> also, like by the way, with the dead body still pooling blood in front of him, right? Which like he shot him hours ago, <laughs> right? Like that yeah. wasn't three minutes later. Like that was at least an hour, if not more. Yeah. And he's just sitting there having a drink. <laughs> yeah, with like sitting there dark in the room in front of the fireplace. <laughs> oh man. So uh, it's funny, like while we're kind of on that with like, supposed like inconsistencies, there's another inconsistency. I don't know if you noticed it or if you experienced it the same way, or maybe I'm making a bigger deal of it than I thought, but the only real issue I had with like this seemed to be kind of a continuity error in the beginning of the movie. Because he picks up his daughter after school, yep. drives her straight to the store, like, she's insisting he drive faster, like, they go right to the store. Yeah. It's early afternoon, bomb goes off. Then we fast forward to hardcore, like, evening, like, it's dark. And they're cleaning up the bomb scene, which, you know, it's going to take hours to do that, right? Yeah. But a couple of people that they were picking up weren't dead. Huh. Like, the first person that he, like, photographs, the, the, the journalist, when he comes in and he's, it was Ian Wood, I think, he's taking pictures, you were discussing, like, when, like, that explosion happened, like, they show, like, the real grim, like, terrorist attack, like, where it's, like, there's brutal injuries, and, like... Yeah. Like, the first person that you take a picture of, the first person that they really show... Is clearly alive and injured. Why were they left on the street for like four hours? Was it actually that much time that had passed, or was there just so much <laughs> smoke and debris? It was dark. It was night. I don't. I don't remember. It like it was like vivid to me. I was like, huh. why? And there was like two or three of them who were clearly needed immediate medical attention, who were being dealt with at minimum an hour or two after the explosion happened. Odd. Like, even if you want to say Very it's odd. daylight savings time and it's 4 p.m., like, this wasn't 10 minutes. It was at least an hour or two, and, like, they're still picking people up and putting them in ambulances, like, with horrific injuries. Yeah. yeah is... So I thought that was a little bit of a continuity error. That like, is strange. Huh. Right? Like, I, like, it kind of pulled me out, but, like, thankfully, that was the only thing I felt that way with the rest of the movie. Right. Like, everything else was kind of consistent. Like, nothing was, like, a glaring problem with the actual structure of the movie <laughs> right <laughs> that's that's funny i didn't really think about that very strange they um we did get i mean as much as i was complaining about not getting enough jackie chan we got a couple of cool jackie chan fight scenes um the but one also, who- like that that scene too like watching him holding his dead daughter like that was powerful 
Yeah, no, it was. It, it was, and at that point, that was early on in the movie. At that point, I was like, oh, okay, this is not the movie I think it is. Um, it's probably gonna be. It's still probably gonna be good. But then I still felt that I was, uh, I was not given enough. Jackie, I was upset. Um, but he, uh, there's the scenes in the uh, like the the Airbnb or whatever it was that he rented out. Uh, where they have that little fight sequence, like in the stairs and like in the top floor and all that stuff. That was cool. See, that was like that was like classic Jackie choreography right there, and that was that was fun to watch. Well, yes and no, because this is something that I noted. That he got his ass thought, kicked. Yeah, well, not that he got his ass kicked per se, but that he didn't just do unrestrained ass kicking like he right. normally does. Like right. it was different. usually a Jackie Chan fight scene is him whipping 10 guys' ass, and okay, they got in one shot in the ribs, and oh, he tripped and he rolled, and it was kind of slapstick funny, and oh, he just beat that guy over the head with the shoe of the other guy, <laughs> and then put the shoe back on that guy's foot somehow. And right. <laughs> and, now, oh, and now he's eating it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, it was, okay, I just beat the crap out of two guys, and oh, I just got a chair broken over my head, like... Right. Yeah, it was, it was pretty real. I was like, okay, like, so they're going more realistic with these action fight sequences with him. Exactly. I thought that was really cool. It was almost, it was it was a brawling Jackie Chan instead of slick Jackie Chan. Like, that's the note that I had here. Right. Because, like, when I think peak Jackie Chan, I think Rush Hour 2, when he's in the casino and he's been <laughs> captured and he leaps and slides through the teller box. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that scene is great. Which like is incredible. Love it. Like I didn't think an adult human being could fit through that. Do you know what's better than that scene? What? Is the blooper scene that comes during the credits where he doesn't make it through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And he's stuck and he's kicking his legs. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, oh see now, see, I just want to watch Rush Hour, like, and I just want to go back and watch like Policeman Story or whatever it was called, Police Story. Ah, oh, I miss him. See, I thought that was cool though. Like, if you're gonna do a Jackie Chan movie where he's 65 years old or however old he is in real life, which I'm, I know I'm not far off if I didn't get it exactly right. Um, he is 63. Um, if you're gonna do a 60-something-year-old guy kicking ass. He's gonna take some lumps like that, like sure. you know what I mean. Like that's what set this, I think, in some ways above a movie like Taken. Like Liam Neeson is gonna be creaky. Like he's gonna get marked up pretty good in a fight with eight dudes. You know what I mean? Right. No matter how clever and calculating and talented he is, he's not gonna come through it unscathed. And you see a real physical toll on Jackie Chan over the course of the movie, which. I liked that bit of reality to this. Like he's still whipping ass, but it's not free and easy. Yeah, that which is fair. I just still wasn't. I wasn't ready to give up the Jackie Chan that I was hoping for. Um, I'm gonna jump real far ahead for a second here with <laughs> with him. I have this funny little question written down. Um, does Quan not know how to use Twitter? So he <laughs> he has that. <laughs> he's he get he gets far enough. To make the post about oh, the, at the very end of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he gets far enough to like to draft this post about the Pierce Brosnan character with the picture, 
but it has him hit the button. And I understand, like, it's just supposed to be, like, he's doing this to himself kind of thing. But it was really funny to me, like, put this on the internet. <laughs> like, that's how it felt. <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, no, like, the... <laughs> no, that is funny. Um, I definitely, no, like, I, I didn't think of it that way. I thought of it as, fuck you, this, I don't need you, big, long, drawn-out thing. Just hit this button, and that's your confession, and that's what I mean. <laughs> right, but the way that it played out was, <laughs> Jackie, you so old. <laughs> <laughs> that that was that that was kind of that he like you know he buried him with that right, and like you get this because he's in that the the girl in the picture with him is the is one of the terrorists. Um, I have another note here that was w- which didn't it it upset my stomach <laughs> this scene. So this the terrorist lady. Plants a bomb in the reporter's laptop. Yep. Right? And then subsequently tries to make you feel bad that she had to sleep with him. Yes. You're a terrorist. (laughs) Go away. I don't feel bad for you. Not just a terrorist, but a terrorist who had trouble paying the price of fucking a guy who she was planning on exploding several hours later. Right. And, like, they... I feel like they were trying to... Like, they legit... In that scene, it's almost as if they were trying to make you feel bad for her. And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> no. And now I'm going to applaud even more after she gets tortured and killed. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't expect, like, that's, like, you don't expect to feel justified in watching a woman get right. tortured and killed. Right. Except she's uh. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but not the cool, funny Jenny Slate no, way. The- no. <laughs> Way more fucked up version where she's a terrorist who killed 20 people and was planning to kill another yeah, couple hundred. Uh, uh, speaking of that, so like the. I feel like the movie and we are kind of just brushing off the fact that a bus was blown up halfway through the movie. What do you mean brushing off? Like they, they, they touch on it, it happens. But there's too much other thing. There's too many other things going on that like you're invested in as like, or that the story is trying to be invested in. Like it just, it just seems like forced in there. It's really I guess it's weird. fair. The the twenty people and the forty more who were injured who died. The twenty people who died and the forty more who were injured kind of fell by the wayside to the fact that the false flag operation didn't work out, and we had to figure out why that was and who fucked right. it up and as you know as a human being i'm like wait a minute didn't a family <laughs> just get on that bus with a child like that's that's what came to me like 10 minutes after this all happened yeah that's a good point yeah they kind of the, their deaths were just a plot point in service of trying to unravel the mystery yeah see that that was actually cool like i liked what they were trying to do there like with the whole like the keyword thing and everything but they it was such a big plan for like a big chunk Right there in the movie that it's like, well, you know, this isn't going to work out. Yeah. (laughs) Well, see, that's, again, that's kind of part of the reason I like this movie, because even though it wasn't exactly that, I've already told you a couple times that I'm a sucker for anything, like, Cold War spiring type of stuff. Yeah. There was definitely part of that grafted onto all of this, and it fit, like, that whole thing with the false flag and trying to see what shakes loose on, like seeing who's dirty and who's going to betray him and this and that and that whole mystery and, like, kind of the grimy gloominess of, you know, yeah. being in England, like, that had that feel to it, even though it was in, like, a new age, like, way. 
So that was part of why I like this. Like those are my types of stories. Yeah, like it was that part was cool, and it definitely wasn't undersold. Like he was the Pearson Brosnan character was like sticking his neck out to do this thing, right? Like he's he's coordinating with the government, knowing full well that if the if his little if his cronies find out that he's doing this, obviously they'll have his head. Like it, it, and seeing like all those things, like obviously something's got to fall through. Like there's too many things in play right this minute. And but that that was that little aspect there I thought was cool and like the way that his nephew like was helping him out through that. Then again, the whole nephew thing turned out to be really strange. Oh yeah. Later on, where he's having sex with Pierce Brosnan's wife, but she's just playing him too. Like that. And like also that's his aunt. Yeah, too many head games. And like like weird incest things. Thankfully, we didn't go full like Game of Thrones where like. At least they're not blood related. Fair, but that's definitely his aunt. Yeah, hundred percent his aunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she one hundred percent gets a shot in the face, <laughs> like, and that happens abruptly. And this was something that Al and I talked about like right before the show started. How the, this movie ties up loose ends at the end. Uh, there's uh, there's some bullets and faces, <laughs> like real quick. It's like oh, gotta kill her. Oh, gotta kill her. Brutally efficient. Tweet. <laughs> Wait, what? Bulletin face, bulletin face, tweet. That's how the <laughs> blues ends in this movie. Oh, and then, then Jack and Chen goes back to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was going to end with him dying, especially yep. once we see him bleeding out under his sleeve on the bus. Yeah. Because it seemed like that knife attack got him pretty badly, and like he I... runs away. And it's like adrenaline rush. Okay, I get it. And then like he's calming down, and like blood is pooling out under his arm. And I was like, oh, after he finally gets Pierce Brosnan, he's gonna just kind of wander off and die, isn't he? Like, right? Yeah, I, I was convinced. I was convinced that he was gonna be. Uh, he he was not making it through when he signed over the restaurant. I felt like that was like the scene that they were telling us he's in this until it's over, and that is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like you know, yeah. he rides off into the sunset like the old cowboy. Like it's like the Shane thing where like he rides off into the sunset, but he's actually bleeding out and he's gonna die over the horizon. Yeah, it's interesting, but they didn't do that, did they? No, which was um, fine. Although, like, if this was a setup for like Foreigner Two, more foreign, like I'm gonna be pretty mad. <laughs> oh my god, more foreign! <laughs> this is the native. He just goes home. <laughs> the movie takes place there. Foreigner Two, illegal immigration. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> um. So I've got. Two other notes here that I want to touch before uh, I hand it over to you for anything else that you might have left. But the there's two things. One, that airport security guard is goddamn hero. <laughs> that was amazing. And I was like, this guy is ready to dive on this laptop and die. <laughs> I was a hundred percent sure he was gonna die. Like, and I was like, man, that dude is like all in. He's ready to sacrifice himself. Like, good on you, man. Like, you're. You are a true hero in this. Right. And, like, he trips on the way out, and I'm like... Oh, no, totally... everyone's going to die. <laughs> well, there was first that, and then it's going to be like, oh, no, he's going to run out of time, and he's just going to have to, like, throw himself into a closet and eat it, you know what I right. mean? Like, right. So I'm glad he made it out, because that okay. dude killed it. Yeah, threw it off the jetway. 
Also, I was kind of wondering whether, considering they did get quite grim and dark in some of this, I was actually wondering whether or not, with when Ian Wood had his headphones on, whether he was just never going to hear. Ooh. And, like, the terminal was just going to blow up. Yeah, that yeah. could have been bad. Um, like, it wasn't going to kill all the them. officials, like it was supposed to, but, like, it was still going to kill a bunch of people. For sure. Uh, the other note that I had was they we have the end sequence, uh, the, well the end like takedown sequence where he's in the apartment building, Jackie Chan as the maintenance man, and he uh, he he hides his gun in his tool set and then tries to take it out and kill them all. Uh, the scene is okay. There's too much guns, too many guns, too many guns for a Jackie Chan fight sequence. There's too much guns. <laughs> There's too much guns. <laughs> too much guns all over the place. Um, <laughs> was a fan that he got to kill the guy that killed his daughter. That was cool. Yep. That's good. Uh, fan of that. But the just overall, it's like when when he they had the guns out, I was like, uh, I don't I don't want a firefight. I want a badass martial arts sequence. Well, you kind of got a mix of all of it. Yeah. I mean, what was nice... what was good? What was good about the scene was him sneaking out <laughs> as the SWAT team came in, just like just whoop, with the hoodie and walk, the dog. Yeah, just walk right out of there, <laughs> no big deal. Well, so I, I did kind of like it though because you got a mixture of you got a knife fight, you got some martial arts, you got guns, this and that. Also, I kind of thought it was almost a bit symbolic because most of the movie. Even though he's on a hardcore revenge mission, like, you know this mission ends with him killing someone, or some ones, right? right? But through most of it, he's still doing the Jackie Chan thing, where he's just whipping ass and not actually killing anyone. Yeah. Like, finding every excuse. Like, he's gotten a little darker, like, he blew up the Jaguar with the guy in it, but planned it perfectly that he didn't die. Yeah, that was was pretty crazy. Like, his leg was fucked up, but he was clearly gonna live. You know, he whoops some ass, he fights Sean, the, the nephew of of um, Pierce Brosnan's character, and slashes him with a knife because he comes at him with a knife, but, like, he subdues him with a stick in the throat. Right. Uh, and, the follow-up scene to that is, like, uh, yeah, we fought in the woods, he tied me up, and they let me go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right, right there is where they realized they were dealing with someone slightly different, because... It seems like he's really intent on fucking shit up. He's blowing things up. His office, his house, his car. He just wants a name. <laughs> now that, just, like, it's almost like he was, like, trolling him. Like, we're just, like, he blows up his, like, building and then he gets a text message that says names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also the scene, he's like, like, what lengths is he going to go to? He's in the, he's in the room. Did you kill my dog? Your dog is fine. But the way that he said your dog is fine it was so I killed your dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that dog is alive. <laughs> no, I was a little, I was like, oh, that's like cross online, man. Like, you killed that fucking dog. Like, that dog didn't do anything. Like, is this the escalation where it's like, I blew up your office, I blew up your house, I blew up your car. Well, those possessions aren't doing it to you, so now I'm going to kill a living thing and, like, your daughter and wife are next? Yeah. Like, because that was going to get too dark. So that's why I was saying, like, I, I like you didn't like that he was using guns, but I actually did like it because up until this point, he fucked shit up and he blew shit up, but he didn't kill anyone until he got to the point where he got to those people that he wanted to kill and the gun signified he was ready to kill them. Okay, that's fair. Because that's like kind of counter to, I don't know, I don't know his older stuff, but like Rush Hour, 
He's whipped all sorts of ass, I love but doesn't dudes. kill anyone until the very end. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like, as, like, the one bad guy, and, like, even then, he's usually not trying to kill that person, but still does because he doesn't have a choice. God, I, I, I zoned out there for a second because all I could think about was the blooper reels in all the Rush Hour movies. That's what I want to watch right now. <laughs> Like at the there's there's one where he like they knock the guy off the roof and he's like damn he's not gonna be in rush hour three <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like oh that's so good <laughs> uh, we should definitely do a classic Jackie Chan movie at some point okay it'll it'll be one of those fillers when there's like a when there's downtime in the uh, in the new release world all right I can see that um, I do have a couple more notes here Hit one me. this is obligatory. Uh, I don't know if you recognize who played his daughter. I gotta say, I don't... Oh, oh, uh... Who played Jackie Chan's daughter? Yes. Uh, I didn't recognize her, no. She was Cho Chang from the Harry Potter movies. Oh. And I only bring this up because it reminds me of one of my favorite group movie-going experiences where I was with a bunch of my friends for the midnight premiere of... The fifth Harry Potter, The Order of the Phoenix. Uh-huh. And it's the whole will-they-won't-they they thing with Harry and Cho. And finally, like, they kiss under the mistletoe. And it's like, Okay, it's with the rhyming. Settle down, Dr. Seuss. No, fuck. Did I say so? <laughs> We're doing this again? I seriously, I didn't even do that on purpose. Um, like, seriously, I didn't do that on purpose at all. <laughs> also, fun fact, Dr. Seuss, his name is pronounced Dr. Seuss. Like your holiday soy tale. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> um, anyway, so picture that scene. They're in like a room full of mirrors under the mistletoe. They kiss. Dead silent in the movie theater. And my friend Mike screams. Cho! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I had to bring that up. Um, another thing I had to bring up. Hey there, Roose Bolton. Oh, yeah. Because his right-hand man was Roose Bolton. And I was pretty sure for the first, was it, like 18 scenes he was in, that he was going to go through the whole movie without having a single line. Right. And, he, you know, he got lines going on, like, you know, later on. But, um, looking good there, Roose, trading in your, uh, your winter coat for that sweet suit with the blue tie. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I pulling kinda, it off. <laughs> pulling it off, yeah. Um, and I didn't, I did not expect him to be physical in this role. Right. Like I thought he was gonna be just kind of the commander of the henchmen, not. Yeah. But he, I mean, he is a bodyguard, where, right? Yeah. Well, like he gets the like. I just thought he was gonna be like the chief bodyguard who like commands the men or whatever. And no, like he's mixing it up in the woods. Like he shoots Jackie and like wings him on the shoulder. Like. Yeah. He's running around, getting into fistfights, and, like, I had a weird parallel moment. I don't know why. And this, like, it was kind of the whole thing of seeing someone in a role that I didn't expect to see him in because I know them so much from a different role, and they were playing, like, the same type of role. Um, Jonathan Banks in the original Beverly Hills Cop. Uh... Jonathan Banks is Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. Wait, why don't I remember him from the original Beverly Hills Cop? Because that movie came out 20 years before you knew him because you hadn't seen Breaking Bad then. Beverly Hills Cop Strange. came out in like 
the mid eighties. No, I mean I've watched that movie a lot, like a weird amount of times. Well, was the thing is, I didn't know. It took me like I've seen that movie a bunch of times, like when I was younger, and I haven't seen it much in a while. But then I saw it one time after I had watched, like I binged all of Breaking Bad, uh-huh. and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a super young Jonathan Banks. He's like the lead henchman for the bad guy in the original Beverly Hills Cop." Huh. I'm gonna have to go watch that again. Um, right. Those like, movies. Like, it was just the same thing. Like Bruce Bolton, known from Game of Thrones, like super specific role has been in a bunch of episodes. And then he's in this random role as, like, lead bodyguard, and it was, like, the same right. thing. Like, like Urban Trout, old guy, crafty son of a bitch, nice. always gets the drop on you, you never get the drop on him. And then he's dumb henchman guy in Beverly Hills Cop. I, I love those movies, too. I only actually saw the first one. I've seen little bits of the other two. I thoroughly enjoy those films. Like, there was some weird thing with an amusement park in one of them, right? That's the third one, yeah. Maybe we'll do a little trilogy action at some point. But, uh, yeah, no, just, uh, it was just a weird parallel. I don't know why, like, at some point in that movie, I was like, this reminds me of randomly running into Jonathan Banks in Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> right. And also, um, another Game of Thrones thing. Did you catch the thing when, when, um, I, I forget the name, the, the name of the, uh, police officer, the, um, that they were, like, liaising with, the one who was, like, the head of the counterterrorism, like, uh, Commander Bromley? Uh... Okay, what about it? He was, he was, I think it was him was describing Jackie Chan um, on like an APB, and he's like five eight of like Chinese descent, sixty five years old, and then he says like eleven stone. Yeah, and I was like, who the fuck uses stone to measure weight in twenty seventeen? Like, the, literally the only reason I knew what that meant was because of, like, reading Game of Thrones and, like, they use stone to, like, measure weight, like, of, like, people. Like, there's, like, a character who's, like, a gigantic motherfucker. Like, all of you readers out there, hashtag strong bellwass. Uh, <laughs> like, stone, like, who fucking uses stone as a measure? Like, I was just like, what is happening right now? I, I remember it. It didn't bother me. But I remember, I, I do remember it. My, I have a scale. My scale actually can be set to stones. <laughs> 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 we should probably weigh you at some point here and see how many stones you are. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. Wait, why is that a thing? Why does your scale do that? Hard to say. It's it's pounds, uh, kilograms, stones. That's fucking weird. I, yeah. I don't know. Weird. All right, well, that's about all I had. All right, well, um, whatever. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna suggest it. I'm not gonna not suggest it if you, if you see it. You know, it's a movie. It's there. I say watch it. Just don't go out of your way. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that's all for this week's flicks in the six. Check out spintune.com each week for new content. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, cheers. <laughs>